Some viewers may find this disturbing. Viewer discretion is advised. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the 99.9% Real Podcast, the podcast that has proven to kill 99.9% of bad vibes. Here to start your week with a banger. So it was kind of weird how, you know, last episode was posted on October 23rd, and it was a 23rd episode. It was kind of weird. I did not intend it. it was just a coincidence. But it was, it's kind of like weird how different podcasts pass their days of posting episodes. Like most post on Mondays, a good chunk post on Wednesdays, and then, you know, a few post on Tuesdays. But 99.9% real podcasts, we post on Thursdays. We've already made Thursdays our fucking bitch. So before we start, if you guys like our content and want to keep up with it, be sure to follow us. It's free. And turn on your notifications so you can see whenever we post. Because we don't post too often. And if you don't like our content, you could always just unfollow us. It's fine. So today's episode is going to be by myself once again. Because we are supposed to post this episode last week. But because of scheduling issues with me and Leo. And also trying to get another host in. Which is our co-host Nick. He was supposed to be in this episode. Um, that didn't work out. So now we're just recording. I'm just recording it by myself. And basically this episode is going to be our Halloween special. Which is reading your scary Reddit story at 3 a.m. But to prove it, I'll even ask my phone, what time is it? Hey Siri, what time is it right now? It's 3am. Yawn. So guys, if you haven't read the episode title like I mentioned earlier, it's reading your Reddit stories at 3am. So today I'm just going to be reading 5 to 10 Reddit stories. It's going to be a short episode and I'm just going to be reading stories the scariest stories I think in my opinion is fine and then I'm just going to rate it based on how good the story is especially like I'm not really a big scary person like a big I'm, I am a big scary person you know I'm, I'm a 6'4 black man but regardless <laughs> um I'm not really in, big into scary stuff so if there's any background noise happening in this episode just know that's not coming from me it's coming for, from whatever is out here in the dark at 3 a.m. <laughs> so today we're just going to start with our first story. And this is from Reddit user hidden underscore in the roots. And also guys, if you want to go and post scary stories of your own so we can read it, you can just do that by going into our Q&A section on Spotify for this episode. All you would have to do is click on the description and then boom. You're instantly in our Q&A section, which is basically our comment section from now on. So just go in there and be sure to go and put and submit your scary stories so we can be able to read it either the next time we do this or next Halloween. So this episode is from Hidden Underscore in the Roots. The story's name, College Creep. Okay, so this happened to me when I was 18, about 18, 19 years old, and I'm a female in college in a small town in the South. I had a terrible college experience in general, but this has just added to the shit show that was my first year. To set the scene, I lived in a suite building with a parking garage attached to it. There were probably like four to five levels to the garage. The top level of the parking garage was ground level. The suite building was maybe a five minute walk down the sidewalk to the entrance of the suites. There was a little room with windows that housed the elevator close to the sidewalk. My boyfriend at the time lived off campus and I hated being on campus so much for reasons I would not go into now. 
So I spent a lot of time in his house in a neighboring town. I had an AM class, so I would usually go back to the suite at some point in the night slash early morning. One night I got back around 2 AM. The parking garage was pretty full this night and I had to park at the end furthest from the building, closer to the ramp that went to the lower level. I am terrified of being inside parking garages, so I usually parked on top. It was pretty dark and I usually would call my sister or my boyfriend if I was ever spooked out, but this night was normal and I didn't feel a need to bother anyone so late. I was almost to the sidewalk when I noticed someone in the little room where the elevator was. They have been behind a wall and I saw them emerge. He had not just came out of the elevator, as I would have seen the doors open through the windows. I didn't get a great look at this person, but I could tell this was a middle-aged man, and I found it odd that he was on campus so late, as of all the people living in the building were young and mainly freshmen. I tried my best to ignore this person and continue on my way, but as I reached the sidewalk about 20 feet from the little room, he came out and started walking behind me. I tried to be rational and not to freak. But the further I walked, the more I realized he was getting closer to me. There was one of the posts where you could hit a button for campus police, but something inside me told me that I had to not let him know that I knew he was there and that he was scaring me. In a few seconds time, I had to make a decision. I just started sprinting down the sidewalk. I mainly heard him pick up a speed and started running as well. He was chasing me. There were three entrances to the building and I usually used the furthest one because my room was on the far side of the building. But as I soon got to the first entrance, I quickly swiped my card and entered and slammed the door shut behind me. He was right there on the other side of the door. He made eye contact for a second or two, then ran the other way and away from the view. I was so fucking scared, and to this day, I wonder what his attentions were. It was probably best that I didn't find out. The next morning, I woke up to an email about a strange man that had been spotted on campus. It gives me the creeps when I still think about it. Wow. That was actually a good story. Of course, it was fucking scary bad, but damn. I'll probably give this like a, a good 8 out of 10. I mean, this shit would probably some. If I went through this, so like, I'm basically writing this on like relativity. So like, basically... How real would this story be? Or like if I can imagine the story. And I'm also writing this based on how spooky it is. So basically like it has to get me off the edge of my seat. So that's basically what I'm writing this off of. And I give it an 8 or 9 out of 10. You know what? I'm giving it an 8.5. The creep has my approval. So the next scary story is from Reddit user YouTube name the title is called scary pizza delivery story i used to deliver pizzas on the weekend when i was in college the town i worked in is very old and very haunted one night i took an order to a street that has a railroad that runs parallel with it and between the street and the railroad is a drainage ditch just before i turn into the driveway which is on the right something catches my eye on the left i turn my head and catch a glimpse of a dark figure crouched behind the drainage ditch peering from behind some weeds. For a good three seconds, I looked at this figure before my subconsciousness forced me to look back at the road so that I didn't wreck. As I walked up to the door of the house, I kept an eye out in that direction because my first thought was that I was about to be robbed. As I knocked on the doorway, 
standing sideways to avoid being stuck on, I kept thinking to myself whether that was a person or a spirit. The customer eventually opened the door, and I gave them their stuff. Walking back to my car, again, I kept my eye open in that direction. Once I was safely inside my car with the windows locked, I could relax a bit. I backed out of the driveway and made my way back to the store. When I passed by the spot, the figure was gone. I wonder how could they have um, moved without me hearing their feet crunch on the gravel. Maybe they were laying down and I couldn't see them. Why were they solid black, even though there were a street light nearby? Given the history of this town, and the fact that those tracks are probably 200 years old, and the fact that this town just has very little crime, especially robbery, it wouldn't surprise me if it was a spirit. I know the story probably isn't the scariest and most excited, but I promise it is 100% true. Oh no, I mean, it's okay. It's not the my favorite story. I'll give it probably a six or seven out of 10. I mean, definitely the, the relativity is there. Like I could kind of see it happen, but also it's not that scary. He just saw someone. I mean, that it, it's spooky, but it's not scary, you know? So now for the next story, our Reddit user, Bedazzled Froggy, the punk. This happened two summers ago. My family had purchased a nice park model mobile home at a campground about three years prior to the incident I'll be writing about. It was only about an hour from our house, so we went up there often. It is situated at the end of the road with normal houses in a deeply wooded area. The town the campground was in had a population of less than 10,000, so it was pretty small and quiet. Strange things have occurred around that area that summer about a month prior to my experience. The town that abutted the campground. Police are called to the house for a domestic violence claim. They found the man barricaded in his room and he shot one of the officers. One of the officers shot back at him and he would later die. Since then, the house has a new owner. But for a whole year, it was abandoned and had police tape around across it. Another spooky thing that happened was a girl dying in the campground in the 80s. One of the other residents were talking to my mom at the campground pool and I heard her talk about a story that happened at the time where people could legally live all year round in the park. The girl was left alone one day and decided to start cooking and ended up starting a fire and passing away. Okay, I see, I see the relativity there. You know, the, the police the police guy was you know, firing bullets to the spleen and then the girl, she was cooking up, she was cooking up that fire and then she got burnt. I see it, I see it, I see it. Okay. The story spooked me out for sure. Now to get what happened to me. One morning, I was sleeping on our futon in the living room area. The sun has just started rising, maybe being around 5 or 6 o'clock. I woke up to someone poking my side. Annoyed, I grunted and told my dad to stop it. Whoa, what is the dad doing to this girl? Hey, yo. As it was something he would probably do to bug me. What is your dad doing to bug you? Hold up, is he, uh, is he whipping it out? Oh no. Sweet home I opened my eyes and turned to look and shun him. But to my horror, there was no one there. It was early in the morning and I knew my parents weren't awake, nor would they wake me up on a vacation day that early. Because of strange incidents surrounding the park, 
I've always wondered if it was her spirit or something else, not even supernatural. To this day, I will never know. The funny part about the story is the comments. Of course, the comment section, especially in Reddit, is pretty good. So <laughs> the first comment I see is, do you mind if I narrate this? Thank you. And then the um, person who wrote the story, which is Bedazzled Froggy, said, as long as credit is given, go for it. And then <laughs> the next guy says, you'll steal it for your mediocre podcast, regardless of his permission. <laughs> you know, I felt kind of hurt at first, but then it's like, well, it became funny to me. I was like, shit, not gonna lie. Podcast is kind of mid. No, it's fucking not mid, but podcast is great in my opinion. But of course that shit is um, biased as fuck. But anyways, guys, if you have your own scary stories, like I mentioned earlier, just go on to Spotify, scroll down to this episode description, and then afterwards, reply on our Q&A page, which is, of course, just reply to our Q&A page, and then afterwards, drop your own scary story, so we'll be able to read it either next episode or maybe in a future episode. It'll be good to, like, read listeners' scary stories, so it'll be a good episode. And also, guys, before I forget, let's go and look to see who our giveaway winners are from last episode. So last episode, I said to pretty much go into the link in our description and reply 99 in order to get the chance to win a $5 Amazon gift card. So now let's just look to see who replied to the Q&A to see who the giveaway winner is. Editor, drum roll, please. Okay, the winner is... no one so guys no one has won the giveaway so i'm going to be doing the same thing again this episode so if you guys want to win a f uh, you know what fuck five dollars we're going to increase it if you want to win a ten dollar amazon gift card just go and reply 99 onto the episode q a for and which is located in spotify you can't do it anywhere else you can pretty much use it as a comment section to tell us how we're doing. And also, we do have a survey too, which is on the link of the description. It's just podcast survey. If you guys want to tell us how we're doing or what should we do better, and even give us episode ideas, which would be greatly appreciated, we could go and do that from there. So guys, be sure to, like I said earlier, to go and comment 99 on the comment section of this episode, which is on the Q&A section of Spotify. Comment 99 for your chance to win a $10 Amazon gift card next episode. So now, this story was pretty good. I'd say I'd give the story a, a 7.5. No, I'll give the story a 7 point, um, a 7.7. A 7.7 out of 10. It wasn't that spooky, but the story was good. It sounded like I could actually, someone could actually go through this in real life. Especially like houses that have dead people in it. You would wonder when you get into a new house or move, which pretty much a good chunk of people have experienced before. You kind of wonder like how many people might have, you know, get canceled off life in that house. It's kind of weird when you think about it. Like isn't dying pretty much God canceling you or like something canceling you? So like you're being canceled off of life. Kind of weird concept, but. <laughs> 2021 man so much okay so now we're going to be going on to our next story okay so 
Our next fairy story was from Reddit user novel-ad-5440, and the title is Stormy Night. I used to do live stunt shows at the historical places for tourists or well-paying customers. I'm not sure if this is common in other countries, but there is a good way how to get quite a lot of money in a really short time. I even worked for movies a bunch of times, but that is not important for the story. We received an offer to do a show in quite a famous and abandoned castle about two hours drive from my home. The place is famous for being an inspiration for many writers and poets, yet many of them wrote about the horrible experience they had with this place during storms. I do remember reading about a poet running away from this place, soaked with rain, after the main tower was hit by lightning. He never really wrote what he had seen that night, yet it changed him so much the story became quite popular. He went there in the evening, ready to prepare for the show that was supposed to take place that next day. The place is abandoned. Very narrow courtyard is cut the rock itself, with many carved stairs leading to the stone bridge connecting the destroyed barracks with the main building. That is the only good place that has good enough condition to have three rooms enough for sleeping. I saw the rest of my group looking kind of uneasy from that place. Even though there were tough guys in real life, there were five of us. Dan, the official leader, a guy getting his career as a mafia enforcer, now owning a bunch of hotels and doing this for fun. Vlad, a 40-ish young guy who was in business since he was a child, he, and he was kind of a strange guy. Jindra, a young guy, 25 at the time, probably the fastest fighter I have ever seen. I have more stories of him. Me, usually playing the pretty face prince in most of our show. And Pavel. A strongman and professional butcher hired after Dan saw him one day lifting a ram, its horns, and breaking its spine with a single strike of a butcher's mace. We drank a few beers and grilled some meat before it started to rain. So we went inside to get some sleep before this new show. Dan asked me to check the main gate, the only way of getting into the courtyard and to lock it. It was a really heavy wooden gate with iron reinforcement. I locked the heavy padlock and joined the rest of the group inside. I never slept better than that night, before I was woken up by the sounds of the lightning storm. I could see lights lighting up in the clouds on the other side of the tiny windows our room had. It is really strange feeling to be in the clouds, yet to see the lightnings go around you. I remember the story about how the poet was joyfully waiting for the lightning to hit the main tower above us. It took nearly 10 minutes before that happened. The sound of the lightning hitting the tall yet quite tiny building was deafening. I jumped from the wooden bed, blinking into the darkness around me. I checked my phone, it was midnight. There was only the sound of heavy rain hitting the solid rock around us. I wanted to go back to sleep, but what I have heard after changed my life forever. Faint sound of horseshoes was clearly audible from the courtyard. I wondered if someone from the village tried to sneak in on horseback, but that didn't make any sense. The place was quite a hike on foot during the day. There was no way somebody could ride here in darkness during the storm. Yet the sound of somebody riding a horse was as clear as it could possibly be. There was no other sound like the horse trying to dance around difficult terrain with a rider holding it back. <laughs> then I remembered that the only way of getting on courtyard was through the gate. The gate I locked it and checked myself. None of the other companions made any sound and I thought they were sleeping, but later realized they were just scared. How could this writer get here? 
how could he or she be writing inside those high walls? I had to check that. I just had to see what the person looked like, who it was. I took a mace I had for show, which we use only to scare people because it was too dangerous to actually use, and walked to the front door. Pevel was sleeping in the next main hall. I saw a huge guy curled up in a sleeping bag with a worm hammer in his hands. He looked at me with a look, don't do it, man. Don't go there. I couldn't. I never believed in ghosts or spirits. I just had to check. As I walked silently to the main door, I clearly heard the rider slowly riding the horse on the other side of the wall. I clearly heard the horse breathing. I heard every small movement of the beast. I squitzed the mace in my hand and reached for the door handle. Even though it was August, the handle was freezing. And then I realized the absurdity of the situation. I was there, in my pajamas, holding Asian mace, ready to attack a ghost. What exactly was my plan to begin with? To charge it with a piece of steel? Why would I risk such a thing? It was a clearly a silly thing to do. I danced around the door for a few moments, and then I decided to go back to bed. The storm stopped at 1.36 a.m., and with the storm, the rider was gone. This happened eight years ago. I've never stopped thinking about who was the writer or what exactly we witnessed. Please help me get to some conclusion in the comments. Wow. Oh man, that was a really good story. I bucked up it heavy. I think I'd give it uh, an 8.9 out of 10. No, I'll give it a 9 out of 10. That was like top tier. I could see in a movie or some other shit. I could see in a movie, definitely, or in some TV show as a deleted episode or a pooper or whatever, like a bonus episode. That would definitely be good. And the story did get me to the edge of my seat. I was like moving a lot because of the noises that were um, coming because the fact that I was reading this episode. Let me tell you guys, it's 3 a.m. It's dark as fuck outside and I do not want to see or hear anything. And if I do, I'm out. I'm running. This episode's going to be done. <laughs> but yeah, that was a pretty good story. It's definitely the first place. I think this is the fourth story or third story you read so far. And not gonna lie, it's pretty good. So now guys that, that were in the middle of this episode, please excuse me while I'm trying to pay the bills. Okay, before we get back to the episode, here's a word from our sponsors. Hello, I like money. Today's episode is brought to you by Stamps.com. Since 1998, Stamps.com has been an indispensable tool for nearly 1 million businesses. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS shipping right to your computer. Whether you're an office sending invoices, a side hustle Etsy shop, or full-blown warehouse shipping at orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer and a standard printer. No special supplies or equipment. Within minutes, you're up and running. Printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send. And you'll get an exclusive discount on postage and shipping from USPS and UPS. Once your mail is ready, just set schedule a pickup or drop it off. No traffic, no lines. Cut the confusion out of shipping with Stamps.com new rate advisor tool. You can compare shipping rates and timelines to easily find the best option. Save time and money with Stamps.com. And there's no risk. With my promo code POD, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. 
Just go to stamps.com, which is S-T-A-M-P-S.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in POD, which is P-O-D. That's stamps.com, promo code POD. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. This episode is also brought to you by Link, the Better Witch Network. Do you own a business or service? Have a social media that you're trying to build up? Or just want certain people to have your contact info? Link lets you quickly build and share beautiful pages. No codes required. Link is a company on the rise that sells a variety of smart NFC embedded products like bracelets, customizable cards, Apple Watch bands, and even a little cover that goes in the back of your phone, which you can customize to your liking for competitive prices. In just three easy steps, you can go around connecting with people with an attractive page and not have to worry about other people throwing your business cards away. Which, fun fact, 88% of people would do that about a week after they receive it. A few months back, I pre-ordered their Link Bracelet V2 and got it in the mail. And let me tell you, my life has gotten easier showing people how to find this podcast with only one tap for my band or a scan for my phone. I even have it on me now as I'm recording this. Over 8,000 companies use Link for their networking needs, like Tesla, Verizon, Macy, and Google. So that's why you can receive a coupon code. Just go to linkapp.com, which is L-I-N-Q-A-P-P.com for 15% off. Just use the code 999REAL for their products. And they're generally cheap, so now you can get them for even cheaper. I'll be sure to post the link in the description for this episode. Last but not least, this episode is brought to you by Overlord Services, a longtime partner of this podcast. The problem with advertising is this. People hate it. They don't come to the internet to be constantly bombarded with notifications about other people's things and businesses. Tweeting and retweeting a post about your page on a daily basis is just going to cause people to tune out, unfollow you, or worse, mute or even block your account. Overlord Services, however, would take you out into the fog and into the sunlight. Check out what Overlord Services can do for you today at services dot overlord svcs dot com that services dot o v e r l o r d s v c s dot com now that we've done with that let's get back to the motherfucking episode so this comes from reddit user raftery van and the story is called the alamo he submitted on the 24th of October, 2021. It's 2015 and I've been back from Kuwait for a few months. My wife and I were having dinner and she tells me she wanted to get out of the house for a weekend, but I had no choice what she wanted to do. I was going a little stir crazy myself, but I couldn't think of anything that sounded like a good weekend trip. It's never really been something I gave much thought to. We eventually agreed to ask around to see if any of our friends had ideas. So I go to work the following day, and after part-time army physical training, I go to my office and everything seems like the usual. I drink some coffee, I do some paperwork, I go to drop off to the chaplain, and then we chat for a bit. How's the weather, how's the wife, etc, etc. Eventually I remember the conversation my wife and I had about looking for a weekend trip, so I mentioned it to the chaplain and asked if he had any ideas on something fun. 
He smiles and tells me that they have a marriage retreat coming up and it's near the Alamo. I always had the idea that those were people for whose marriage was struggling or has problems. To which he laughs a little and goes, no, it's fun weekend where you spend with your spouse and it's all paid for by the battalion. Sounds fun. I'll call my wife and make plans then. As I'm getting ready to leave, he mentions that they do have to have a sit down for a counseling session for like an hour. Great, now I'm going to disguise couple counseling. I'm thinking to myself, but it's the best idea if I found, so I'll call my wife. My wife and I are driving to the couple's retreat. I haven't mentioned to the counseling session yet because I don't want her to think that we're having problems. It was a pretty uneventful drive that we got there, and it's a massive hotel, gorgeous looking building right next to the Alamo. We were both a little awestruck. After navigating the parking situation, we made our way into the hotel and see a few people I work with also checking into the hotel. Everyone seems excited to see the Alamo. They run a tour and it's a big attraction. Then one of the people mentions the counseling session. I swear my wife gave me a look of what's wrong with our marriage. I try to shrug it off by saying, yeah, it's one of those things that you have to suffer through. So you get an incredible free trip. Am I right? I think my wife expected that and seemed to relax. After we get to our, our room, we go to see the Alamo and it is an incredible tour. I feel like my wife and I had a fun time. We got some souvenirs and decided to get some dinner. We met back up with the chaplain and others to see the schedule for this session. And he gave us a breakdown and said we would do breakfast in the dining area in a short little session. He told us to write down a little poem for our spouse and told us we don't have to share it with the group, but he wanted us to share with our spouse. After he finishes talking, we all clear out and my wife and I walk around the area for a few hours before calling it a night. My wife takes a shower. This room is massive and luxurious. It felt like royalty. I write a poem for my wife. It feels a little cheesy, but that's what marriage is about sometimes, right? She gets out and I take a shower myself. When I got out, I felt super cold, so I asked my wife if she had changed the thermostat. She looked at me and said that she hadn't moved it since I got in the shower and said that she was writing her poem. I shrugged and said, must just be from the shower den. After getting dressed and ready for bed, my wife and I share our poems. She gets a little emotional and says that she loves it. I did too, but I'm not good at being vulnerable like that. We eventually go to bed. I'm asleep shortly after my head hits the pillow. I wake up to the feeling of something sitting at the end of my bed on top of my feet. At first, I thought it was my wife. I'm a little groggy as I look down to see a long-haired woman just sitting at the end of my foot. Babe, what are you doing? Come lay back down, I said to her. I hear my wife snoring next to me on the bed. And my eyes are locked on the figure at the end of the bed. I can't look away. My vision is clear at this point. I'm blinking, I see a long black-haired woman facing away, sitting at the edge of the bed. I can feel her weight at my feet. I can't speak. It's like my voice box ran away and left me frozen in this dark room with this entity. She doesn't move, and it feels like an entity was staring me down at this unknown person. Slowly, I let out a stuttered, babe the lights, you can turn off the lights. As the light flicks on, she vanishes. And I see the indention of where she was sitting slowly return to its original shape. I'm shaking. My wife asks me what is wrong and a little groggy. And I tell her about the woman I saw and she gets wide-eyed. That's crazy. Now, can we go back to sleep? I go rinse my face off and eventually fall back to sleep. The following day at breakfast, everyone seems normal. 
and I try to write off last night's experience as a lucid or vivid dream. While we were eating, the chaplain asked everyone if they saw any ghosts last night. The hair on my neck stands straight up, and my wife stares and nudged me, me to tell him. I tell everyone about the event, and no one laughs or anything. They all seem captivated, which made me feel a little better about sharing. Finally, I ask, why would you ask us that? The room gets quiet. Chaplain looks at me and his face is serious. Have you heard of the Emily Morgan Hotel before? He asked me. And after all, they did have filed me in. I was mortified. I mean, they all, after that, they all filled me in. And I was mortified. We had been staying at an unknown haunted hotel on the 14th floor. They had made a movie about it called 1408 with John Chuzak. The image of that woman still haunts me at night, even years later. I still wake up at random times feeling like someone was in this room with us. But I've not seen her at the foot of the bed since then. Wow. That was a really scary story. I, I actually messed with it. I'll give this 9 out of 10 also. The story is definitely in second place in terms of the stories we've read today. Anyways, guys, this is it for, I guess, this morning since it's 3 a.m. So thank you for listening to this episode. And if you don't mind, please share this episode with a friend or family member that wants to listen to a new podcast. You know, we're always up for new people to join our family, I guess. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to say family. <laughs> I don't want to end up like the A's family making kids reviews. But anyways, guys, be sure to like, share and follow our podcast, which is 99.9% real. And also don't forget to comment 99 for your chance to win a $10 worth Amazon gift card and to share your own scary stories so we can share it for the next episode. So guys, this is Bertrand from the 99.9% Real Podcast and I'm signing off. Peace.